Morning Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blenderhead, Blender HD, if you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Tuesday, Tuesday, March 29th. You know what that means. March 29th, that's my birthday. Today's my birthday, everyone. Oh, wish me a happy birthday. I know people in the chat are like, good morning, whatever. Get along. Get along with the NBA stuff, right? We, we don't care about We don't care about this dude's birthday. Right. Good morning, Suki Singh, as always. Matt Mears, Daniel Hutchins. Give me, give me an extra thumbs up. Give me some extra thummy thumbs for my birthday. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Hit, hit everything. Hit everything you want. Click trolls is here. Morning. No one cares about my birthday, right? I'm 43 years old. Okay. I'm an old man. I'm an, I'm, an, I'm continuing to be an old man. Some people, I never understand it. Some people think I'm way older and some people think I'm way younger. I, do, 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 do I look? Some people, some people are like, oh, okay, you look like you could be like 35 or something. It's like, okay. And some people are like, I, I, I thought you were like 58. And I'm like, no, 43. 43 now. And Joe Adamo says, I already got my birthday gift last week. Now, winning at DFS is not a birthday gift. That's a product of skill, right? That, and that's not because it was my, well, maybe it's my birthday month. So I got an MMA, big MMA win. I got a, got a basketball win. So maybe, maybe the DFS gods are giving me a birthday gift. I have no idea. Right, uh, the the birthday the birthday gift this year it's not really a gift I'm paying for it myself it's going to going to WrestleMania right that's coming up I'll, I'm leaving on Friday Friday morning coming back on Wednesday going for the entire the entire whatever it's it's a horrible card it's I'm 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 going to the worst WrestleMania ever right that's the most stupendous it's going to be the worst it's uh, it's more of a I'm going to WrestleMania and then never giving the WWE money ever again type of thing it's like a bucket list thing never been to wrestlemania i have the financial means and flexibility to go to wrestlemania i'll go this year and you take a look oh this all sucks pretty much okay so you're going for the experience so that's what i'm doing right undertaker's hall of fame induction he was one of my, fa my favorite wrestlers from when i was younger so okay now that's something that's that's my birthday gift or whatever uh so uh so yesterday Yesterday in the NBA, if you didn't play the late, if you didn't play the underpriced late game, wherever at the tank, the tankathon, if you didn't play the tankathon that went to overtime, you're dead. You were dead, right? But I mean, you were probably playing guys from that game anyway. But that we got the surprise like an hour before that game was Trey Man out. He's out also, right? It was just it was just a constant state of which team could tank more, right? Oh, the, well, we're gonna rule these guys out, and it's like, oh, you can rule those guys out. I'm going to rule this guy out. Oh, you're going to rule that guy out? I'm going to sit that guy. Oh, 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 really? Really? And we're still favored? Oh, Trey Mann's out. Like, they, they just kept on doing that yesterday. So uh, the fact that the game went over its total and it went to overtime means that you pretty much needed it. Uh, FanDuel, not as much as on draft as on DraftKings. Uh, although I think the winning lineup had like, like six players from that game anyway, right? Because Drew Yang, some players were cheaper on FanDuel. Like, Eubanks... <laughs> was much uh Eubanks and Williams were cheaper on FanDuel <laughs> than they were on DraftKings. And Maladon was at a joke price on FanDuel. I mean, it was a joke price everywhere. Maladon was projected for God knows how much. Uh he got he got 45, he got the 45 points, even though like he played less minutes than some of the other guys on the team. But like Poku, Poku was 5,900, it was 6,300 on FanDuel. You didn't necessarily need him. But I mean, if you take a look at take a look at like OKC, right? I mean, Aaron Wiggins 10x, Isaiah Roby 10x, Maladon 10x, 
I mean, uh, I mean, let's see. Like, any, any, I mean, not, barely anyone played. Like Lindy Waters didn't get there. Vic, Vic Crecci. I mean, he had eight X that began. Then we go to Portland, and C.J. Ellaby, right? He had a, you know, it's not like he did bad for forty six hundred thirty two points. Too low for this slate. But Eubanks crushed seven X plus. Keon Johnson, you know, eight X. Chris Don. I mean, Chris Don. Not so much. Brandon Williams crushed. Right, it's almost a Ben McLemore 10x. Right, well, I mean, when they're playing with eight-man rotations, both teams are playing with eight-man rotations, and the game goes into overtime. But I mean, it, most of these players were fine even before overtime, and they're all priced like this. I mean, if you take a look at the OKC side, I mean, like no one was priced more than 5,200, uh, 5,800 for Trey Mann, and then he got ruled out. Right, so I mean, you could they're going to play 216 minutes right? Five players times 48, right? 240 minutes, right? Am I getting that right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, they're not just going to stand on the court and do nothing. So it's, it's almost impossible for like some of these guys not to get there, right? Assuming the ball goes up and down the court enough, right? So if you weren't playing a bunch of, a bunch of OKC Portland guys in the late game, I mean, I think, I think you screwed up on, on, on FanDuel, a little less so because the pricing is, is softer. So you don't have to play like 3K guys as much, $3,500 guys as much. Uh, but still, in, my, in, most of my, in most of my lineups, I had at least two to six players from that game, right? Still lost, still lost money, right? Alperin Sengun, he was, he was the one that killed me on FanDuel. I had like 70% of him, right? So I had 70% Sengun. I had a bunch of Tice, and I, this, this, this number is not updated correctly. He scored more than 10.75 points, right? Okay, I guess some of these, Peyton Pritchard scored more than 12. Okay, some of these Boston guys scored more than this. But, I mean, he didn't need any of them, right? Pretty much if you just took, I just want as much of that late game as possible. And then you're like, Jokic was, was un- 55 points. Oh, no, he scored more than 55. Like, some of these some of these numbers are, are not updated. Like, Deontay Murray is fine, right? 67. Because Jokic scored more. Jokic scored like 72 points. Because the standings are right. So the weird thing is that the standings, I believe, are right. Papa Gates won last night, right? He did well. Chipotle Attic did well on uh, on uh, FanDuel. So the brothers, the Burrito brothers did well. You can see Porter at 7%. He crushed, right? He was like direct leverage off of Alper and Sengun if you wanted to do that, right? Brandon Williams at oh, and somewhat overpriced Brandon Williams. I mean, he was efficiently priced just in comparison to the other Portland players. Right, so you played Williams and Eubanks together. You played four OKC players, Kevin Porter and and Deontay Murray. Right, there you go, done. Came in second. This one had just even with Kyle Anderson, just whatever. Aaron Wiggins at twelve percent. Keldon Johnson at seven percent. Yeah, look at all these top lineups. It's all like okay, we're just gonna jam in as many of the cheap guys. The underpriced guys from that late tankathon game, and then figure it out from there. Right, here's one that was tied a bunch of times. Oh, here's a Sengun lineup. A Sengun lineup came in fourth, right? It's not like he did horribly, just that, you know, 28 points for 5,900 is not going to cut cut the mustard for GPPs on a nine game slate. Really, Kevin Poor, Kevin Porter, Deontay Mar, right? You did, it's the Houston Spurs game. And then uh, four OKC players and one Portland player. And there you're done, right? Because we had the word that Wood got ruled out. 
Gordon got ruled out. Schroeder got ruled out for the, the Rockets. I mean, we can see this every day, right? The, the, the season ends, what, on the 10th? That's all you're going to see. The, the, next, the next 11, 11, 12 days, it's going to be what the slate that we played yesterday, it's going to happen every day. It's just like, okay, let's see how, let's see what, what half of the league is going to be ruled out today. What teams need to need to lose or actually actively looking to lose. Now what teams are looking to win? And then what teams, then we have teams that may be so far ahead that they don't even need, they don't even want to win. Right. We have, we have a situation with the playoffs here that maybe some, some teams may not want the one, like if Brooklyn comes in eighth, maybe, maybe they don't want the one seed and we have the Lake, the Lakers may miss the playoffs. Right. Beginning of the year, like people like Lakers are winning the title. Like, no, they, they may not even make the play in game. So let's see what happens tonight with the Lakers. But but someone's up, but someone in the in the in the Roto Grinders Discord, which you can join rotogrinders.com slash discord. Okay, go there. I know you're probably seeing before every pregame show, Kevin Roth teaches you how to how to join the Discord. So go, go and do it. I have my own channel there, Blenders Game Theory. It's only for premium members, though. So sign up for premium. And, uh, and you can ask me anything. That's, that's the place to go for extended conversations with me. Not my DMs on Twitter, right? Not that, you know, like 240 characters on Twitter ain't going to cut it, right? So if you want to go there and ask me any DFS strategy questions, obviously in the YouTube chat on any of these shows, I, I think I'm the most available person to answer anything you want. It's still people who like text me and stuff. I don't know. I don't know how they're fed to Facebook messaging me. I don't, I don't know how they're finding alternative uh, methodologies of getting in touch with me. It's like, I'm telling you, just go to that channel. I'll, I'll respond to anything. I'll spend an hour with you. I don't, it doesn't matter. Just go to that channel. Rotogrinders.com slash Discord. But someone asked in there, it's like, oh, it seems like seems like in the past past week, uh, game stacks. People are team and game stacking a lot. Is that what wins uh, GPPs? I'm like, not, not necessarily normally, but we, we're having teams that sit half their players. And the salaries that DraftKings and FanDuel put out are from the night before. So, like, they don't know, right? So, like, ten, on tonight's slate, maybe the Bucks. I don't think they will, but maybe the Bucks decide to just sit everyone. Middleton, Holiday, and Giannis are out. Well, that means, like, they're three top players and high-usage players around, and everyone else on their team is, like, a 4K player, right? And Portis is out also, okay? He's gone. So, it's like... Had, well, they're all going to be playing 240 total minutes, right? Right, six by five players times 48 is 240 minutes, right? The ball's going to be moving. Maybe Washington doesn't want to win, and just like, okay, we're going to sit, we're going to sit a half our team against Chicago, Detroit, right? This Detroit Brooklyn game, Detroit doesn't want to win games, right? So who knows who? Who knows who? Maybe Sadiq Bay's not in today. Maybe they're going to rest four players for no reason. We don't know. So what, when that, but when that happens, it just opens up. It's like, oh, all five starters, you got five starters, all going to be playing 32 minutes and they're all $3,500. So how do you not play? Like you probably play three of them in your lineup, no matter what. And then if it's two teams in the same game like that, then how do you not play? Okay, well, all the like yesterday, I think on FanDuel, the top eight salary adjusted value players out of the eight out of the top 10. We're from the Portland OKC team. So it's just inevitable. It's not like you're not intending on like, oh, I'm going to stack this game. It's like, well, if you're just playing just by value, like, well, all the value is in that game. It's just You're going to be playing multiple players from them anyway. So it's not something that you're intentionally doing. It's a byproduct of where the value is. 
the values if you if if uh if the trade brooklyn goes uh well brooklyn they're trying to make the they, they're trying to make the playoffs so they're not sitting durant and irving or whatever but we could see chicago washington or something who knows i don't know what the standings are there maybe uh derozan and levine and and vucevic so uh, they're not playing right and then washington goes well we don't want to win this game and they go uh well kuzma and caldwell pope and all that we're, we're sitting those guys too right See, most likely, if you take a look at the values, once you adjust everyone else's minutes, like, dude, like Io DeSunmo becomes the, the greatest play in the world, right? Because he's the only guy in the Chicago starting lineup that's actually playing. So it's like he's going to play 38 minutes and be 3,600, right? And then other players and then whoever else, the Kobe White, he, all of a sudden he's the best value, right? And then on the Washington side, you're, you know, whatever, whatever, Denny, Denny at Avija. Right. Yeah, he's going to play. He's probably going to play 40 minutes for like min price. Like it's inevitable that you're going to be getting a lot of players from that game. So that that it's a byproduct of that, not of like, oh, you should be focusing on correlation in NBA. The correlations in NBA are fairly weak. I'm not saying they don't exist, but they're, they're, they're not the priority. There's something that's that could be on your list, but on not on high on your priorities. And MLB, it's almost at the top. It's pretty much at the top of your priority. When we're playing MLB DFS, you're probably stacking three, four, five guys from the same team as a priority. In basketball, you're not, you're not, you're not doing that. When I say, well, if you're going to play this guy from from one team, play the guy from the other side of the game because they're correlated to some degree. That's like a tiebreaker. That's down on the list. Don't don't just do that blindly because if the all the player values is are awful. It's like the correlation's not going to make up for that. Going through the YouTube chat. Feel bad for the fans with all the take. Who cares about the fans, Daniel? Who cares about the fans? No one's a fan of this. I, I don't even watch basketball. I don't care. <laughs> Let's see. Kickstart says, good morning and happy birthday. Well, thank you. Master with a happy birthday. Bill Thomas says, I had at least four players in every lineup from the Tankathon and still wasn't close to them in cash. Yeah, well, because they were the popular plays anyway. You're right. You know, at least four. No, you needed at least six. It depends on the site. Probably you needed more on DraftKings than you did on FanDuel. Because FanDuel, if you took six guys from that game, you had to leave salary on the table. I mean, like it was like most likely you were playing Deontay Murray, Nikola Jokic, and then jamming as many players from that game as possible. I mean, you still left, you still left with an 8K play. You still like, well, who else can I fit in? It's like then you're probably playing a DeRozan or something, or someone in a J- Jimmy Butler. Bam Adebayo, like this, you could spend up for raw points. There's no point in. I'm going to take less projection and leave five thousand on the table now. Right, Derek, he said he had Pascal, Murray, and Jokic, and still not enough. Right, you needed, you needed all those, you needed all those. If you had all three, that was perfect. Other than the fact that the other six players in your lineup needed to be from that game, right? Because those are expensive players, right? You had like a 10k, 12k. Nine nine K player. If you if you if you built like that, you still needed like you you still you still need you still need you still needed Drew Eubanks. You still needed uh, Maladon and Brandon Williams and whoever. MJC is trying to build up that bankroll as much as I can before MLB. Okay, that's sure. Josh Gillum says, can't wait for it till MLB, man. NBA is the worst. 50 injuries per day. So dumb. I've been saying, I've been saying, I've been saying that since the start of the year, right? 
NBA DFS is the worst, even when the, the day one, opening day, right? Two weeks in, people are resting, right? It's a, and and the swaps mean so much, right? One guy's out changes the whole context of the entire slate. MLB it just it doesn't work like that. Occasionally, you'll get those. Th- oh, oh, this guy isn't pitching today; it's the other guy. Does it? Am I? Are we now just rushing to stack the other team? Like, no, it's not. It's not a. It's not a priority, right? Oh, oh, on the sun. Sometimes on Sundays for MLB, they'll 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 sit guys, right? The top three hitters on the team, and ah, oh, Bryce Harper's going to be out, and Juan Soto's going to be out, and what? And it's like it's a weak lineup, and it's like, oh, well, that boosts a little bit for the opposing pitcher, right? Okay, it adds a cheaper stack in that lineup because now it's cheaper players batting higher in the order, but it doesn't. It's not like, oh, you gotta rush. Oh my God, late swap everything. It's it's baseball. It's a very event driven sport, so it, 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 the the salaries to to value aren't as correlated. Right. You have a 3K guy that hits three home runs. Right. A 3K guy that plays six minutes in NBA ain't getting 50 points. Right. It just it doesn't work that way. So you never have to just rush in. Well, if this guy's not playing and, and this guy's not batting fourth. That means whoever is batting fourth, I got to I got to play all of it. It, it. it just doesn't work. That way. Kid uh, Kid Clowder says how fun at WrestleMania. Thank you. Paul Whitlef says that's why people aren't watching your show. You got to respect all DSS sports. I, I respect all, I respect my money, right? I was play. I played yesterday, right? I'm playing it. Right? I didn't play on DraftKings. I played on FanDuel. FanDuel now not, FanDuel went back to the bad payout structures again. They went back to it. They were doing so well. They were doing so well. This pet like the past like five or six days, they had a $9.99 entry contest. That paid 50K to first, 30K to second, 20K to third, 10, 12K, 8K, 6K. Like by, by 11th place, it's a, it's a thousand, you know, 15th place is a thousand dollars, right? Nice flat, flat up top. Nice, good flat. I could, oh, I can play these. I can 150. Let's go. I could do that. And now they're back to it's a $4 entry, 100K to first, 30K to second, 15K the third 7500 the fourth 3000 to fifth 1500 i think the sixth 1000 to seventh i think by by i i think by 10th place it's like 800 bucks or something something like that like that that's what i don't like right cuz it's like well i could come in i could come in eighth and lose money i mean like that's just stupid come on come on fanduel i'd rather pay the extra per entry fee and have a flatter payout structure Right. I mean, DraftKings ain't that much better for their $15 fadeaway, but it's still better than it's still better than than FanDuel's structure like that. Other than the fact that the, the, the field size is bigger and the price point is lower. Jacob Calloway's back. Oh, I haven't seen I haven't seen Jacob in a while. Hey, Blender, I haven't been here in a while. Yes, I noticed. Just wanted to pop in and say congrats on the bink. Now, please stop p- teaching people how to win. Oh, do I just stop right now? Should I just leave? Just leave in the middle of the show? We're 20 minutes in, done, I'm done, I quit, right? Right, to just, I quit Roto-Grinders, gotta stop, pe- no, no, I don't stop teaching people because if you notice, I've been teaching people for years. It doesn't, doesn't stop me from winning, right? Doesn't stop me from winning because for a couple of things. One, there are, there's a lot more dumb people out there that, that you think, right? In these contests, there's just, there's a lot, there's a lot of dead money, right? Or bad 
below average players. Maybe not horrible. Maybe there aren't as many horrible players as there was, you know, eight years ago. But there's still plenty of bad players, below average players, right? They're still just picking players and, you know, playing with, with no, no care in the world to any type of mathematics, probability, statistics, game theory of nothing, right? It's just whatever. Uh, and then, then you also, uh, the fact that, you know, I could, I could, I could do shows like this and 95% of people will still not do it, right? That's the thing that always amazes me, right? You sign up, you sign up for Roto Grinders, right? I do all, most of my content is free, right? I do have a course, right? The Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, 15 hour audio DFS masterclass. You can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. It's 125 bucks. How to think like a professional DFS player. All the concepts I talk about on this pregame show are in there, right? So if you want, if you didn't want to pay at all, you could just watch all the pregame shows since the beginning. And I repeat things over and over again so often that you'll end up getting pretty much everything that's in this course throughout the course of watching, you know, 700 hours of, of past shows. But do you want to spend the time to do that? No. Okay. So that's why it's all in one place. One nice little seminar structured in a way where it's supposed to be like lessons and teach you how to, how to do things and all, all in order sequentially the way that it should be. Right. So I, I offer that, but for the most part, it's, most of what I do is free. I'm on Grinders Live. Typically, you know, that's free, right? I'll do the Morning Grind podcast for MLB. That'll be free. I mean, I talk about all this stuff. I have the Theory of DFS podcast for nothing. I have Twitter for like nothing. The Game Theory Discord, right? Yeah, you have to pay Road to Grinders Premium. But I mean, for the most part, it's all included. I do group coaching calls there. You don't have to pay extra for private coaching. I mean, I do all this stuff. And let me tell you, 95% of people that even that get that watch this stuff don't do it. They just, they choose not to do it. It's not fun for them to do it this way, right? Even though it's, it's, it's how to win, right? I find it fun because this is the way that this, I find this, this, the game theory methodology to be interesting. Sports stuff is not the interesting part, right? I was the type of kid when I was eight years old, that collected baseball cards and I read the backs of the cards. I like the stats on the back, right? The front, I don't care. I don't care who, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., right? Yeah, I know Ken Griffey. Oh, I want to see the stats for the minor league stats, all that type of stuff. Like, I was into that. So so this is fun for me, but to a lot of other people, it's, it's like, oh, you mean, so I have to do math? It's like, it's, it's, it's not hard math, right? They're just mathematical concepts. So, like, that's why I, 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 that's why I don't mind giving, I give away 199 point, I always, I now have to say 99.9%. Of, of, of everything. I, the only thing, the literally, I think the only thing that I don't give out 100% trans, you know, whatever is, is my exact rating numbers for my MMA fights right before lock. Like I could probably even give that out on Fridays because the odds will change and ownership might change. And then the numbers may change, but like, you know, like noonish on an MMA Saturday, like those numbers that I input into lineup HQ, I, that's the only thing I don't give. And it's, it's only due to the fact that if you had those numbers, like you're more like, you're, you're, you could make lineups that are going to be duplicated with my lineups. Now I'm, I could show you like, I have these fighters over and under owned. I could tell you that I could rank them. I could whatever, but the actual number that I'm going to input into the projection column, it's like, that means you could just like, you could, I, I obviously I'm changing a bunch of stuff, you know, to what types of lineups do I want more than others? But for the most part, you know, I'm running 150 based on those ratings. And you may, 
you know, my 150 and your 150, may, we, may, we may have 75 of the same exact lineup in there if you use my exact numbers. And duplication in MMA means something for the large field GPPs, right? If it was golf, maybe I wouldn't mind as much, right? Because there's 156 golfers to choose from. And the likelihood of you coming up with that many dupes on my lineups is probably low, right? I don't care as much. But an MMA on a 13-fight card, I have to care because every dupe, you know, lowers my expected value. So I can't, I cannot give out those exact numbers. But I could, I could, here's my, I'm playing more of this guy and more of that guy. I mean, you could kind of come up with types of lineups that I'm building anyway, but not the exact. No, I don't want, want to make it that you can press one button and, and, and duplicate like half the lineups that I'm playing. So that's the only, that's the only thing. That's the only thing and that, that, that I get excoriated for, right? Right, people are like, oh, you're not being transparent. I'm, a, I'm so transparent, it's ridiculous. In comparison to the rest of the industry, sure. Oh, let's see. MJC, I love that with MLB, you could drop 100 plus spots from one event. can do that in most, most others. Also, we'll be getting into uh, MLB, where MLB and NBA, like the, the concepts on like projection versus ownership in uh, NBA, uh, projection versus ownership exists for the entire, for all of the events. I mean, that's the, that's the general macro concept of the highest rejection for the lowest ownership that still exists. But uh, in, in basketball, it's not an event-driven sport. So like projection, Matt, like the difference between a lineup that projects 15 points lower than another means a lot. How many more events needs to happen for you to make up 15 points? So we're talking about a field goal, a rebound, a three-pointer, a steal, like a whole bunch of events just to make up those points. A two-point shot is just two points, right? So you need to rack up a whole bunch of little events for you to make up 15 points in projection. 15 points of projection in MLB is a, is a, is a two-run home run. A solo shot on DraftKings is 14 points, right? So between two lineups, right? One lineup is projected for 14 points lower than the other lineup. That can be made up on one swing of the, of the bat. One swing of the bat, right? So imagine having a lineup that projects for 28 points below another lineup. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're behind from a median perspective. But from a, in the scope of variance in baseball, making up two home runs ain't, ain't that big of a deal to make up two home runs a variance on another line okay especially when if you're playing gpps if you make up the two home runs you could win a lot more money it's not cash games or anything right if you're able to make up the gap of two home runs between two lineups that could be the difference between you know may, not cashing and, or coming in first place for fifty thousand dollars so you may see you'll see lineups in in, in baseball that are totally plus ev totally plus ev that project for 40 plus points lower than other lines. It's two, three events, especially if the lineups, if you're playing correlated players, right? You're playing five guys from one team. It's like, well, you know, this team, this, this five man stack, this team uh, is a five and a half uh, total, right? They have a, a run total of five and a half. Well, what happens if it, it, it goes past the one standard deviation of that? And, the two, the second standard deviation and the team scores 11 runs and it includes four home runs. Like that's within the range of outcomes and you make up all those 40 points right there. And they're all the players are correlated with each other. So if it's not like, uh, 
it's it's five players from different games. So you need a home run from this person, a home run from that person, this thing. Like, no, it's a it's a team. And then they have they, you know, their fifth inning, they bat around and score 10 runs in an inning. Like you're just getting ding, 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 and you've made up those 40 points. No problem. And now you pass other teams. So you'll you'll see lineups in, in MLB DFS that project for much lower and are owned much lower. You may see a lineup with an ownership some it's really low. And be like, is this lineup too low owned? It's like, like, no, you have to think in terms of stacks, like your five-man stack, your three-man stack, your pitchers. Like, it's not just individual, right? 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%. But if they're all from the same team, you have to kind of view that as like, like a chunk, right? This whole chunk is 5% owned, right? Not the individual players. So but we'll get into that. We'll get into that uh, next week when uh, the opening day on the 7th, but you'll see that there is a difference between playing NBA DFS and pretty much playing NBA DFS and playing any other sport, right? NBA DFS is the most linear, the least variant, right? And there's still high variance in basketball. So a lot of times in basketball, you're playing, you're very simple. You're not caring that much about correlation. And you're just basically saying, I want the highest rejected lineup for the lowest ownership, right? And just play it by the numbers. And that's it. Right. You're most likely not playing guys that are that are, you know, projected for down here. Probably not playing Trent Forrest for 14 minutes. But in baseball, you know, you had a guy at the bottom of the order, ninth hitter on the home team that may only get three at bats. He could hit two home runs. Right. That guy is, is less than one percent on and he could still he could hit two home runs in the game. Trent Forrest in 14 minutes ain't ain't breaking the slate. I can tell you that that ain't happening in basketball. Oh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Oh, Jacob Calloway says MLB, MMA, and MLB are my best sports. People love treating 65% success probabilities as 90%, correct? The higher the variance, the bigger edge in my process. That's correct. Absolutely. I prefer the high variance sports for GPPs, right? I managed to do well in NBA, right? I, I mean, NBA is my most profitable sport, even though it's the least variant sport. But I mean, you know, you know, you know what I, I have to, to credit my success in NBA DFS primarily? Primarily. I mean, obviously, yeah, you need some skill, but the Roto-Grinders projections. I mean, seriously, our projections team is like the best, best in the industry. We got Andy Means behind the scenes, Noto, Jamino, Allen, Bob, SBK. They're the ones putting in the minutes and the usage and everything, right? So my win last last week, 48 grand, like I'm leveraging the knowledge that they have, right? Jamino's model is great, right? They're putting in the rates. And all I'm doing is how do I build them? How do I, can I build the numbers better than other people? That's it. That's what NBA DFS is. In the other sports, it's much a higher variance. So I, more, more game theory is probably involved in that. What stacks are under-owned versus over-owned? What, you know, correlations between teams, those types of things. MMA, same for MMA, when people are like, oh, when, when someone's a, a minus a minus 300 favorite, oh, like, oh, this guy's going to smash. It's like, well, you know, 25% of the time they lose, right? That's what a minus 300 equals, right? Minus 300 is what, 75%? So, should 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 his under should the underdog to that fighter be only four percent owned? No, the underdog wins twenty five percent of the time. 
don't know if with what score, but probably they're cheap enough that even a 70 point score is good enough uh, at that level. But that that's that's how you exploit the field. The field is overestimating probabilities. Right. Sometimes, but sometimes the high probability things are actually being underestimated as well. Because we see that in NBA, where a guy projects for 7 million points and ends up being 80% owned when they should be 90% owned. Right. MMA, you don't get that as much. Sometimes you do. Sometimes in MMA, sometimes sometimes you do in MMA. Sometimes you get, I, th- I think on this past, this past late, that Kizriev guy. He was a little bit underpriced. He should have been priced at like 9,700 and they priced him at 90, 9,200, 9,300, something, 9,300, right. And I had, he, he, he ended up being like, I think 50, 58% owned, but I had his efficient ownership closer to 70. Like he should have been 70% owned. So I had a ton of them, right? Because the guy was under him. So, I mean, that, that's, that's a game theory type of thing, right? That's less that you're you're doing you're doing those one v ones those type of calculations less in basketball in NBA DFS. Okay, do, 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 do. Daniel Hutchins says, ironically, I find the lower variance in NBA athlete scores leads to higher variance in your dollar results. Yeah, you'll have big, big only because the edge between lineups is going to be smaller. Isn't that the? Wouldn't that be the reason, Daniel? The that for instance, if you if you were a 52-48, let's say we're playing head to heads, and you were a 52-48 favorite over someone in, in DFS, in whatever, in what in NBA versus MLB, like the variance of the, the edge is so small, the skill gap between the between the lineups is so small that you could go an extended runs of you know losing eight in a row nine in a row whatever but if your skill gap if the skill gap between the players between the dfs players is higher then you're going to suffer less variance so that isn't shouldn't that be the reason it's hard not to build good lineups in nba between skillful players right i'm not talking about schmucks in the toilet that like oh i'm not gonna play anyone from the portland okc game even though they're all underpriced like i'm not talking about those people but between the 150 maxers, between the experienced players, people that are using projections, people that are subscribed to Roto Grinders, like my lineups ain't going to be, if, if your lineups are better than mine, they're barely better than mine. And even for, for, pe- even for the people that aren't, aren't playing for a living like I am, that are just using Roto Grinders projections and going, I'm going to make a couple of tweaks, I'm going to lock this guy in here, and then they play 50 lineups, like their lineups are probably not going to be that. If your lineups are better, they're only marginally better, right? So now you have a you have a contest that thirty thousand entries, and out of the thirty thousand entries, twenty five thousand of them are not that much different from each other, right? Not dramatically enough. The skill gap is very is very minimal between them. Well, the variance is going to be through the roof, right? Now, if you were playing, if you were in a thirty thousand entry contest, and twenty five thousand were bad lineups, and only five thousand were good lineups and then the marginal between them, then you have much lower variance, right? Because you have so many other bad lineups in there. That's the main reason, but that's the main reason why one, I don't mind teaching others because I know how many bad lineups there are in large field contests. And two, the amount of bad lineups in large field contests make it so that the variance actually goes down. I think, I think Alex Baker has said that he has lower 
less swings in the large field contest than in the smaller field ones. Like Alex will play, uh, will play, you know, the, you know, the $888 contest, the $2,000, you know, milli contest and everything, but then he'll play, you know, the 150 max $8, whatever the hell, you know, the lotto lottery style, whatever. And it goes, as a result, his swings and those are, are much lower than in the higher stakes, you know, less than a thousand entries because the skill gap between Alex and everyone else is not that dra- dramatic. You're not going to get many bad lineups in those contests. But in the large field contests, you know, a lot of times pretty much the rake is paid for, right? There's going to be 15% of lineups in there that have almost no chance, have a, have a very, very low ROI. So it's like you, you, when, when you play a, a 150 max at like the $4 contest on FanDuel tonight, right? I'm going to put in 600 bucks. Like most likely I'm going to get back half of it. I'm most, most days I'm minus 20, minus 25% right? On most days, you put in 600, you get back 450, right? In the higher stakes stuff, if you were to do that, if that, if, if all, if all the people in the contest that I'm playing were of equal skill, I'd have days where I put in 600 and get back 80 bucks, right? There'd be days I get back zero. I mean, like the variance between the results of 1v1s and 2v2s are going to make it like that. But when you have it where, where, where you put in 150 lineups and there's Five, you know, there's, I think in the contest tonight on FanDuel, there's 117,000 entries. I think something like that. I could tell you probably 20,000 of them are, have no shot at first place. Like 20,000 entries have almost no equity for first place, right? Which means like my min cash like starts going up like this, like there's no tomorrow. And my chances of winning first goes up a lot more. I'll win first or I come in the top five way more than I should if those other lineups did not exist, which is the main reason why I can never get around not playing large field contests, even though you, even though you're basically just like, I hope I win two or three this year. I mean like that, that two or three slates make your entire year, which sucks because you go on months long of like, Oh, I'm just slowly bleeding away, bleeding. When is it going to happen? And then it happens. Like, oh, okay. I, I, I still, I still am good at this game. Right, I still like it. Finally, it finally got it, right. But you, the swings of that are much less than trying to do, you know, the monster on Fanduel and compete with like, like there's no bad, there's very few bad lineups in there, negative EV lineups. So like, yes, the swings are smaller if you play one entry into them. But if you're maxing out and stuff like that, I could obviously see how the swings could be much bigger. Going through the YouTube chat a little bit more. Daniel's answering questions. Who's nerdy? If, if you don't know, Daniel's nerdy tenor in, in the chat. Uh, Alex Santi says the projections from RG may be profitable in cash, which is the only reason I didn't lose money this NBA season. Yeah, that's what I did last season. I played much more GPP this season than, than cash games. But yeah, yeah, Fandle cash last year, I made like 20 grand off. Just, just on the projections. Uh, Jacob Calloway says, I find it much more difficult to play GTO and NBA because late news really skews the initial sim results. I take more of an exploitative approach in NBA. Yeah, I agree with you. Once stuff stuff happens post-lock, like to make the adjustments on ownership and everything is just sometimes a lost cause. I mean, I would say 
especially now, right? With every half a minute, someone's getting with this is out. The starting lineup changes. This things change so much that sometimes I just throw up my hands. Sometimes I don't. I don't even bother trying to project the orange. I'm just like I'm just I'm just gonna run it. I'm just gonna run as many based on our RG ownership, and I may adjust a couple of players up or down, and just go. I'm just I'm just I'm I'm sick. I'm running, and then some late news happens at nine o'clock that obviously Trey Mann's out, and I already have him in thirty five percent of my lineups. And it's like okay, well, how does that affect the ownership of all these other? I have no I have no clue at this point. So at that point, all I'm doing is just removing Trey Mann and just removing all constraints and say, just jamming the most fantasy points and projections into all my lineups and just I'm done with it. I'm done. But by default, that's probably going to be better than me trying to, like, what what lineup is this? And what line, like, just, no. I, I, I couldn't predict who's going to be owned at this point, right? Well, now that Trey Mann's out, that means Brandon Williams may be more, but Eubanks may be less because then people have to fit in. I'm, I'm, who knows? I don't know how, I don't know, even know how I'm going to be accurate of that because it's, I'm going to be off plus or minus in each direction every time. So just like, is it worth even doing? No, just jam in stuff. Just go to the late swap tool, jam in as much stuff as possible. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Yeah, Master says you give up a lot by not taking ownership into account. For example, in last night's fadeaway, you had lineups that were almost 40 points lower than lineups with the same ownership level. Uh, 40 points lower in project. Oh, based on another source. Okay. They're, okay. They're all they're all talking in the chat. We're having got smart conversations in the chat, at least. Uh, do, 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 do. But Daniel Hutchins says, I wouldn't take my NBA lineups too seriously. I think it's still my worst sport. Well, for results wise, I mean, but but Daniel, I think you, you do well in MLB, right? I remember last season, and I think I think didn't you win a whole you won like seven GPPs or something in MLB, right? And talking about winning GPPs and playing MLB, you could always get the bat, right? Roto Grinders, where's the bat? Rotogrinders.com slash the dash bat. It's Derek Hardy's projections, right? That, these are the projections that I use as my baselines uh, for MLB season. So feel free to go uh, pick them up. Derek Cardi will also be doing his own ownership projections. So that's being added to this year. So if you go to rotogrinders.com slash the dash bat uh, and uh, and go go subscribe to that. That's in addition to your Rotogrinders premium membership. So if you, there, we still have Rotogrinders MLB projections. But Derek Cardi's uh, projection system has like 700 million variables and stuff. I mean, it has, it has everything you could possibly expect to have as a variable inside uh, a baseball projection system, Derek Cardi does. And he will be doing, you know, stat, stack projections for GPPs. Uh, he uses stat cast data. He has ownership projections now. He also does like, like if you're playing like weekly or season long or stuff like that, he has like, like, depending on when you're leave Monday through Thursday, Friday through Sunday, he has those types of things. So he's got everything there. So uh, I, I, I highly recommend it as if you're going to use, you're going to use uh, MLB projections. Uh, I believe Cardi's are the best in the business. Got to use some set of projections. The RG projections are good also, but the Cardi's projections are the best. Uh, let's see. Going through the YouTube chat. 
not selected says projection on the winning lineup last night was under 259 but yet score over 470 at the end of the night because the projection is a median outcome okay that's that's the projection is not a prediction okay this fantasy point column right here see where it says 457 this does not mean uh the model thinks that Luka Doncic will score 57 points all it's what it's doing is simulating a hundred thousand or whatever outcomes. It's replaying the Mavericks game over and over and over again. Right. So it re- plays it once. He scores 64, plays it again, 36, 78, right? It just simulates, simulates based on all of the usage numbers and everything like that. The percentage of the time it goes over time, percentage of time it gets hurt, right? Keeps on going. Does that 10,000, 100,000, whatever amount of times, a lot of times, right? So it goes through all of that, all of that, all of that. Then it gets a distribution. So I'm going to show a normal distribution, right? That'll be the closest type, right? So all of those range of outcomes, right? So sometimes Lucas scores 90 points. That's like somewhere over here. Sometimes he gets injured in the beginning of the game and only scores three points. That's way over here, right? In all of these simulations, right? So the middle range, right? Based on running out all of those simulations is 57, 57.08. That's the 50th percentile outcome, okay? So 50% of the time, Lucas scores 57 or more points. 50% 50% of the time, he scores less than 57 points. Now we take a look at the floor and the ceiling from, uh, from Jamino. This, this is around the one standard deviation, plus or minus, of the player's median outcome, right? Normal, this, this, this red zone right here, right? So this is... of the outcomes are here. 34% of the outcomes are here. So 68%, right? This is called the 68, 95, 99 rule of a normal distribution. Now, not every player's distribution is this normal, but it's in basketball, it's at least it's close. It's close enough to normal, right? We see different types of distributions in uh, in event-driven sports. So 68% of the outcomes will be between, for Luca, between 43 and 72, and 74, right? These two numbers, okay? 68% of the outcomes. So the floor, if you consider the floor to be around the 15th percentile and the ceiling to be around the 85th percentile, that means Lucas scores 43.95 points or more 85% of the time. He scores 74 or more points 15% 15% of the time, right? Because that goes along with this normal distribution, okay? So just because a player is projected for this, I mean, his range of outcomes is, is, is that. That's what, the, that's what you're looking at here. Rudy Gobert is not predicted to score 45 points. That's just his 50th percentile outcome. That's it. That's all that, that's all that means, right? Within one standard deviation, he's going to score somewhere between 31 and 57 points. Okay, so now you could I could put on a lineup like this, for instance, let's let's show I'm going to build one lineup. Okay. 
one lineup, one unique play, doesn't matter. I'm just building one lineup, okay? And I'm going to build basically the optimal, right? I'm, I'm, everything's set up this way, right? Okay. I can build one lineup using the median projection. This is FanDuel for tonight. Uh, our current overnight projections, right? So I'm going to use it using the median, okay? So this, this is 338.94 as a median projection. What's the ceiling of this? Now I'm going to run one lineup by ceiling projection, maybe a slightly different lineup, okay? This lineup has a ceiling of 470, okay? That means if everyone hits their 85th percentile outcome, right? That's what the ceiling is, around the 85th, right? I'd say it's an even number. 84th percent, 16th and 84th, right? It should be that. Uh, so the lineup that 338 median has a ceiling of 407. Okay, the difference, that's how big of a gap that is. If you went by floor, right? 229, okay? So within one standard deviation, which is, which is inside of this big, big red, you know, part of the distribution curve. 68% of the time, right? 68% of the time, that lineup, right? Or the top line, whatever, scores between 229 and 470 points, okay? The middle of that is 338, okay? So that's when, when you say, oh, well, it was projected for X number. It's like, that's the, that's the median. That's the 50th percentile outcome. Projections are not predictions. All they do is show you the range of outcomes, the percentage of times in the simulations based on the minutes and the usage and the matchups and all the other variables that these things happen, right? So it's not going to say, oh, uh, Luke is going to score a lot of points tonight. That, no, it doesn't say that. Wenin Gabriel is going to score 24.9 points. It doesn't say that. He could score 12 points tonight. You get into foul trouble and only play 14 minutes. That's on this low end of the range. You can play 36 minutes and score 45 points, right? That's outside of one standard deviation, but I mean, that'll happen, what, 12% of the time or something? 11%, 10% of the time? So that's what projections are. They're not, project, they're not predictions. I mean, I've explained this plenty of times before, but... I haven't, I haven't seen not selected here. So figure, explain it to the new person. Oh, let's see. Do, 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 do. And they're talking amongst themselves about MLB. Do, 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 do. Master says NBA lineup scores do follow a normal distribution, even more so than player fantasy point distributions. Standard deviation of lineup scores is about 25. Okay. Grant Brown says, if you build by ceiling, are you increasing the variance of your lineup since it's building off the best projections and largest deviations? I don't think it matters that much in NBA. I don't, I don't, I, I think that the distributions of players in NBA are, are normal enough that the difference between building by median and building by ceiling is not going to give you dramatically different lineups. If you're going to do anything, like that, I'd be more likely to use randomness than just use pure ceiling projection. 
truthfully, but I don't think it matters that much. Probably matters a little. It probably, yeah, yeah, it has to matter a little, but I don't think it matters dramatically. I think if you built 150 by median and 150 by ceiling, you're not gonna get that dramatically different lineups. I'm, I'd be more inclined to put like 7% randomness or something like that, or right? true range, because we have true range randomness, right? And the higher, if you want a higher variance, whatever, and you want to put like 15 or 20%, I think that would be better off than just blindly building by ceiling projection. On a sport that the player's distributions are more normal to begin with. So I don't think it matters. That, that, that That's the really key. Baseball, I can understand doing that. Baseball, you could have two players that have a similar 50th percentile outcome and a, and a much different ceiling, right? The difference between like slap hitters and power hitters, right? You may have two guys, you know, two $3,600 shortstops and one is you know, more of a power hitter than the other one. And you may have like, you know, both have a seven point median, but one has like 11 point ceiling. The other one has like a 14 and a half point ceiling on, on that. Like then, then I think that matters more, but that's an event driven sport. And the distributions of players aren't as normal. But in a more normally distributed sport, I, I don't, I don't think. It, oh, do you build by this? Do you build by that? I, I'm, any, any, should be fine. Anything else before we get out of here? Nice, interesting chat today for my birthday. We got some good questions for my birthday. That's what you guys got me. You got me good questions. All the, all the smart people showed up today. All the smart people showed up today. So. Uh, so they, they, they make me feel, they, so I, I, don't, I don't have to go, oh my God, I have to repeat myself for the millionth time for a bunch of stupid people that I don't know why they don't just buy my course. You can do that for my birthday. Buy my course, theoryofdfs.com. The theory of daily fantasy sports, how to think like a professional DFS player. All these concepts are in there. I, what I explained about a, what a projection is, is in this course, right? Right, that's part of this course. Of how to, how to, that's part of chapter three. What goes into a model? How does this how does this all get done? That's all in there. So you will learn that type of stuff. Buy it for my birthday. That's my birthday gift. I don't mind. I don't mind just money. I never I, I don't need gifts. I buy everything that I want anyway. Right? So people buy like like for Christmas or anything, like me, me and my wife, we don't buy each other anything. And number one, she spends my money. So it's like what am like my her birthday gift is 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 the, the tons of money that she spends throughout the course of the year on random stuff anyway. Then for me, it's like, what, what, what can you buy me that I have not already bought myself? No. So if you're going to give, if anyone's going to give me anything, just give me money. Right. Cause that could go to anything. Okay. So give me those thumbs ups. Give me those thummy thumbs, thummy thumbs on your way out the door. We got, we got a five game NBA slate. I mean, we, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. Uh, but uh, the guys, Dean and the guys, Grinders Live later today, 4.45, right? We, we, we just keep on creeping earlier and earlier for Grinders Live. 4.45 Eastern here on the YouTube channel. We also got uh, Grant's Live Locks on the Scores at Odds channel. That's at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. And uh, crunch time for premium members. So sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Rotogrinders.com slash premium or click on the link in the description. Get $10 off. Your first month. Sign up for the bet. MLB season is coming up, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll see you guys tomorrow. 
you know, reviewing reviewing the slates from today. We only got we got, I only got three more days of basketball before, before we're done. We're done with all this crap. And uh, and I'll answer your DFS strategy questions as always on the DFS pregame show on RotoGrinders.com.